Hey, it's Jefferson Graham. You're listening to the second episode of the Photo Walks podcast. This is the companion series to my video program on YouTube, a travel photography show which takes you to great places and shows you how, when, and where to get great photos when you go to visit, how to light up your social media. Today's episode on the island of Oahu. This is by far the most visited and most populated of all the Hawaiian islands. Some 75% of all the people who live in the state of Hawaii live on this island, mostly in the Honolulu area. So when I went to visit recently to attend Sean and Heather's wedding and set out to make my video, I thought, let's go explore the back roads of Oahu and check it out and see what's there. And it turns out that for most of your photo ops, most of them are not in Honolulu. Now, Honolulu does, of course, have big city, high rises, Waikiki Beach, Diamond Head, a lot of things that people associate with Hawaii, but some of the best sunrises, some of the best sunsets, some of the best beaches are on the other side of the island. So if you're ready, let's take a little photo walk road trip. We'll do some walking, but we'll have to do a lot of driving to do the entire island, which is possible with a three-hour drive. It depends on... My home base was the little city of Kailua, which I think has about 40,000 people. It seems a lot smaller than that when you're there. It basically has a bunch of uh, some chain restaurants, some big box stores, some little Hawaiian uh, shops and restaurants as well, and is a great home base. Uh, the actual city itself... Uh, not that much. Uh, it's, just, it's a place to eat, place to buy some food, place to buy some clothes, and then get out of town. Uh, it is a lot cheaper than staying in Honolulu with all the resort fees. So that's something to consider. I stayed at a bed and breakfast there, which was okay and near nearby the beach. But outside the city... I mean, like like five minutes outside the city, you got Kailua Beach, which is one of the prettiest beaches that I saw. Again, a wonderful sunrise, great place to fly my drone in the morning, and some other local beaches that are all close by, and they all have parking, which is really a nice thing, unlike the uh, beaches in California, where I live. They don't charge you to park. They're just there. Free spaces with bathrooms, so that's another thing to consider. So this is the eastern side of the island. You'll start by visiting the local beach, and then you'll head up the road. The big attraction here, and it's a free one, So, uh, but it's definitely worth going to, and you'll want to get there early in the morning, is the Makapua Trail. This is uh, about a mile and a half up the road to get to see the lighthouse. You've got two great angles on this wonderful, majestic lighthouse that beams over the island, and it's a fun walk. But parking is challenging if you get there late. So you want to get there early for the hike. Great photo op there. As we continue from Makapua Trail, Sandy Beach. This is my favorite location on the island by far for taking photos. And the funny thing is it's a classic sandy beach, as you would expect, with lots of sand, surfing, people swimming, lying out, and enjoying the sun. That's on one side. And then on the other side, lava rock. Lava rock everywhere, um, which is great because you've got this rocky beach and the waves just crashing against it. Makes for a great photo. This is where I ran into the people who put on the Hawaii photo tours. I'm there at 5.30 in the morning by myself in the pitch black, and all of a sudden there's another 12 people standing right beside me because that's how great of a photo location it is. Now, 
you got to know that when you go to Hawaii, those sunrises are spectacular, but even more spectacular is the pre-sunrise show that comes about a half hour before the sun comes creeping out of the water. You get these amazing colors that come up into the sky. So get up early. Then go back to your room and go to sleep because the uh, the best photo moment of the day, it's whatever the time is. I'm there in August and it was 5.30. It could be later in the day when you're listening to this. So just check your sunrise. Get there at least a half hour before the sun goes up. Now, further up the road from Sandy Beach is an attraction. It's another free one called the Blowhole. This is where some water comes flying out of some rocks periodically. Um it's easy to check out. You just pull off the road, look over the uh, lookout, and there it is. So enjoy. Going up the road, we're going to stop at Turtle Bay, which is the other resort on the island. All the big ones are in the Waikiki area. But then there's this Turtle Bay, the Hilton Turtle Bay, which is really a nice resort. It's uh, very expensive, from $250 to $500 dollars and up a night. But walking around the resort is free and you could always sit down, have some lunch by the pool for $20 or so. And you've seen Turtle Bay. Yes, there are turtles, but not at Turtle Bay. You'll have to go up the road to check them out. Ask anyone there and they will point you. And now we're going to head off to North Shore, which many people have heard about because it's well known as a home for really aggressive surfing with waves that just are giant in the winter months. As we head up to North Shore, we're going to stop at one of the many shrimp shacks that dot the side of the road. These are very popular tourist spots. If you're in the market for shrimp, give it a try because a lot of people really like it. We're going to end the North Shore tour in Sunset Beach, which has the best sunsets on the island, and some killer waves. But before we get there, Bonsai Pipeline is another popular surfing spot in the winter. It's unmarked. It's hard to find. Stick it into Waze or Google Maps, and you'll see it. And then right down the road is Shark's Cove, which is said to be the best snorkeling spot on the island. It's so popular, there's a whole bunch of little shack stores on the side of the road selling you trinkets and towels and and surfboard rentals and things like that. It's worth the stop. Next stop is a little small town called Halewea. I hope I pronounced it right. If I didn't, I apologize. Uh, It's a cute little place, antiques, places to eat. It's worth stopping there to walk around before you end up at Sunset Beach. Again, best sunset, biggest waves in the winter. And it's in Sunset Beach where I met a lifeguard named Johnny Angel. That's what he calls himself. His real name is John, but he goes by the name of the old song. He was nice enough to sit down and talk to me about Sunset Beach. Have a listen. Born and raised on the North Shore. My father was a pioneer surfer out here. My parents moved over from the San Francisco area in 55. And uh, my dad, by 1960, my father was on the first cover of Surfer Magazine right here at Sunset Beach called The Surfer by uh, John Severson. That, that, it was like a catalog that started the whole Surfer magazine. And then by 76, he was a black coral diver and would catch turtles out here and you know sell the turtles to the restaurants and down at CVUN, you know, he'd eat turtle meat. Now it's, it's federally protected, you can't take turtles. But back in the 60s and 70s, it was, you know, 
some good free diving. This is the Seven Mile Miracle, Haliva Town to Velzi Land, which is named after Dale Velzi, who's one of the pioneer surfers out here. So that's the Seven Mile Miracle surf capital of the world. And this is where they wrap up the world tour and they have the triple crown of surfing that Randy Rarick ran for 30 years. And that's right here, Sunset Beach, Pipeline, and Haleiwa. And those are the three locations, the last three events to see who's gonna be the world champ. How and John, John Florence is our first world champ from the North Shore of Hawaii, Oahu. So he went to Sunset Beach Elementary School right across Rehukai Beach Park where Pipeline is. So it's really cool. He's 25 now and, and doing really solid. For, How massive are these waves? We're talking 30 to 40 foot. When they're doing toe-in surfing, we call that outer reef or third reef. First reef would be six to 10 feet. Second reef would be 12 to 15. And then third reef is 18 to 25 and beyond. So the bigger the waves, the deeper water it breaks in. It's like three to one, so. so yeah, I think you said it, it goes all the way into town? Oh, it goes across the road in about three or four different areas. I've rescued tourists drowning in their rental car that have got knocked off the road at rock piles by the skate park. And they couldn't even download what was happening because they're like, this wasn't in the brochure, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And what are the months for this? Uh, November, December, January, February. Smack down in the winter is when we get all this energy. And we're talking like to generate a 25 foot swell, you're talking winds, 50 knot winds over, you know, three or four days over a thousand mile fetch. And that'll generate a 25 foot swell, which yeah. is a ground swell. Now National Weather Service will double that face value and call it 50 foot faces. And in the summer, it's like a lake. And summer is flat as a lake. All the energies on the South Pacific they get Diamond Head, Waikiki, Sandy Beach. All the South Shore and East Shore will get surf in the winter, or in, sorry, in the summer. Yeah, the north side of all the Hawaiian Islands get big, large surf. But from kind of, consider the North Shore is kind of point right there, all the way to Turtle Bay Hilton would be considered the North Shore, and that's all the same size, no matter what, when it comes in. For a lot of and now there's buoys that are 200 miles out and it gives you the wave height and the interval between the swell. Now George Downing configured the perfect configuration where you multiply the feet times a second of the interval and then you multiply that answer by 0 .06 and that'll give you the wave height in feet and a arrival time of about nine hours depending on a, anything 17 second interval or over is a ground swell. So it's moving faster than a wind swell. Anything 10 seconds and under interval is a wind swell. So it doesn't have as much energy and it's not moving as fast. Do you recommend during November, December, January that people do not go on the water unless they really know what they're doing? Well, see, now we can call the buoy reports and know what's coming and when it's going to be here so people can get out and surf when it's three to four or five feet and their maximum is six feet and all of a sudden it, every other set is bigger and bigger and bigger and they get keep scared and they keep paddling farther and farther out and then they're freaking out and waving for us to come bring get them you know because so it's really helpful helpful now that we have the buoy reports we can tell people hurry up and get out there now and surf this morning because this afternoon it's going to be twice this size and it's going to you're going to it's going to be out of your league and when it's giant like that and they're stuck you can jump in the water and you can go get yeah them. eight to twelve feet is when we get our busiest and because people 
They think because they were born and raised on a lake that they're a strong swimmer, but they've never been pinned to the bottom by a wave, and they need oxygen, and they they panic. And you're that good in the water. You can yeah, just being born and raised on the North Shore, you're like you're used to the power, and there's heavy. There's more power here than than most places in the world. They have been playing videos now in hotel rooms telling people about rip currents and how to save yourself and how to see it and you know where, where to enter and where to exit the water and how each beach gives you a little diagram of where the rip currents are. And there's a thing I'm teaching military GIs. We get a lot of military guys that want to get stronger in the ocean. White water in, blue water out. So let the waves and that energy be your friend and swim over to that white water and let it push you in. Don't swim to flat water and be scared. The waves are going to push you under. You swim to flat water, that's the deep channel and all that energy has nowhere to go. It flows out that deep water and it pulls you out into the bigger surf. So always swim into the energy and let it push you in. For so for white water in, blue water out, and it's pretty, it'll save your life in a rip current. Or, oh, usually their first day is always in town, and then their second visit will be out here at Turtle Bay Hilton or somewhere close to the North Shore. Because this is keep the country country. You can still have a bonfire on the beach at night and ride a horse down the beach and not get arrested. And I work on a catamaran, so I, my side job is a director of fun on a fat cat. I just got my... 100 ton master's captain's license. So um, when I retire from this job, I'm gonna be working out of Haleiwa doing private charters on a fat Lagoon 44, which is a catamaran line for Benetel, France. Okay. So that's what I do on the side. Oh, we got a surfer up and riding. So that's our little audio tour of the island of Oahu. I loved every minute of it. I didn't sleep much because I kept getting up at the crack of dawn, I mean like really, really, really early, to get to the sunrises, and it was worth every moment. I hope you have a good time. If you have any questions, you can find me on Twitter. You look for me. I'm at Jefferson Graham. I'm on Instagram as well, at Jefferson Graham. I invite you to watch the Oahu Photo Walk video on YouTube. It's my at Jefferson Graham YouTube channel youtube.com slash jefferson cram you've been listening to the photo walks podcast uh, thanks a lot hope you enjoyed it and i'll catch you on the next photo walk